rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right, everyone. Hey, I was not going to do a Tara Buster today because it's raining cats and dogs out here in New York. And I got completely drenched. But obviously, I'm getting I'm feeling pretty comfortable with you guys now because I don't really care how I look. So that's good. We're at that stage in our relationship where we were just letting it all hang out. So, yeah, I got drenched. My hair is dry now, but but I, I was like, who cares, right? One day we're all going to be nothing but dust, and it's not going to matter. In the meantime, we have to make the best of this life that we have and the moment that we're sharing. Yes, and Francis is in the back. He's still in the cone. I haven't put the... The, somebody suggested that I put some hot sauce on the spot that he licks. I was about to do it, and I I couldn't do it. I felt really bad. I thought if he licks it, he's going to get very upset. And I, it hurt me. It hurt me. It hurts me to hurt him. So I'm not sure what to do. And he's, he's the spot's healed, so I might take the cone off and see how he does. But I have to do it while I'm paying attention to him, so not right now. Maybe later this evening. Anyway, so I wanted to do a Tara Buster. I tr- I'm trying to do them as often as possible to give the patrons, and thank you for all those who are patrons, to get your get your money's worth and have more opportunities to hang out because we're going to need it as we barrel towards 2020. It can't come quick enough, but I'm honestly kind of afraid that we're having a repeat of of 2016. That I I really believe that Joe Biden is the he's the Hillary Clinton of 2020, and I don't think that anybody but Bernie or Elizabeth Warren will will beat Twitler, Amy Klobuchar. Really? I know that we're all, I, I love, I love, uh, you know, other progressives. Um, we're, and I also will vote for any Democrat, obviously, because what the first, I guess the first duty is to stop the bleeding. And it's, but it's, I don't think that anybody, I don't think that an Amy Klobuchar will is going to fix what needs to be fixed. And I've, I've explained this before to to everyone what I, I believe, that if we get a moderate, um, in the, what will happen is they will do nothing to, to fix the problems that we're really facing in this country. The income disparity, the upward immobility that allowed... Twitler to 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 seize power despite receiving fewer votes. The only reason we have a Twitler is because we have a non-functioning democratic republic. And obviously I need to get my mic stand. I still haven't gotten a new mic stand. So everything's holding it's it's fa- it's falling fast and I feel like I'm I'm hunching over, but yeah, they as uh, Paradu Paradu says on the chat, 
they will slowly and moderate, moderately continue to F us. I, mean, I know I curse, but I'm trying not to curse. I'll, I'll, I'll continue to curse, but we'll see what happens tonight. Um, yeah, they moderate. The, the whole moderate thing it pisses me off. First of all, uh, as people know that I watch Morning Joe in the morning because I need to get aggravated the minute I open my eyes. And I don't know why. But so today, of course, as they were breaking down the Democratic debate, they were going off on Medicare for all. How Elizabeth Warren isn't isn't. Please try to curse terrorists. That's funny. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm getting distracted by the chat, but that's what you're there for. So that's good. Um, so they were breaking down the Democratic debate. The every single effing day. The Morning Joe cast whines about how the how people those who are for Medicare for all are are they want to take health care from millions of people. This is what that's the frame. That's the insurance company frame. That's the that's the Republican frame. Also, that your taxes will go up. Not mentioning that. Overall, the cost of health care will go down. That you And put on top of that the cost of not having to stress out. How about the cost of taking a bus to Canada every six months to get your diabetes medicine? Maybe you can eliminate that. How about the cost of the stress of not being able to go to a doctor when you're sick? Or maybe when you're sick stressing out about the the phone calls you're getting from the collection agencies. The, we're the only country. This is how stupid we are. How cowed we are by the the our our, pre, our oppressors. This is Stockholm syndrome because we have this corporate media that has a vested interest and they're taking money from the health insurance industry. The health insurance racket it's not an industry. There was no reason for there to be a health insurance racket. Just like there's no reason for the, there to be billionaires in this country. I'm 100% on board with that. So when somebody like Beto O'Rourke says to, I think he said it to Bernie or, one, or Elizabeth Warren, how your, your plans seem to be punitive. Punitive? It's not punitive to be a, a member of the dwindling working of, of the dwindling middle class, the dying middle class, the working poor. Now the substitute for the middle class, the working poor. It's not it's not punitive to be part of a uh, the American, you know, the end of the American dream where you where that that contingent of people, the one third of Americans who can't retire. That's not punitive. You have to work your three uniquely American low-paying, no-benefit jobs until you drop. So that's not punitive, but it's punitive to tax a billionaire so we can all have health care or we can all have living wages or a decent middle-class life that our grandparents considered their birthright. I hate these fake middle-of-the-road Democrats, and that's probably what I, what I should have said, uh, what I should have called the show tonight. Instead of incrementalism will be the death of democracy, it is the death of democracy. Incrementalism got us here. Incre they, that's what they want us to, to take. We, they want us to give us a crumb and us to make a banquet out of it. 
throw us a crumb and uh, and we're going to be so goddamn grateful for that crumb. Just like when they when they crash the economy for the second time in 100 years and the Democrats extend unemployment benefits for 99 weeks, they're grateful for that. We're grateful to have that decent, you know, there's a little bit of a, you know, decency showed. But it doesn't matter as they continue to funnel more money to the top. They're not fixing the fundamental rot in the system, what's really wrong. So, but those who are going to fix it, what they, 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 they criticize and they frame it in us against them, of course. It's not, hey, uh, you're being punitive. Not the fact that, you know, we're in the least upwardly mobile OECD nation, and that is punitive. That's actually, a, that, uh, uh, anybody who doesn't consider that a failure, who is a politician, is part of the problem. So, you know, I don't want to hear it, honestly. With these, I'm so sick of Beto. I'm sick of Amy Klobuchar. And I'm sick of friggin' Pete Buttigieg. Get lost. Pete Buttigieg, please. He's 37 years old. I don't give a shit. You are, you wore the uniform. You went to Iraq. You were in the closet. Good for you. Now you're out of the closet. Wonderful. I, I mean, yes, I guess it's great. It's great that um, we have a gay man with a husband running in the Democratic primary. That's really great. But, you know, he's, he has to be this super straight person, except that he's gay. Right? He has to be this, this uh, warrior and, you know, a reasonable. He's, a, he's one of the good ones, I suppose, right? Because <sighs> there's no way we would have, like, a flaming drag queen up there, right? But anyway, maybe one day, maybe one day in my lifetime. Yes. Now, I'm not a big Tulsi fan either. I don't know. I don't really I know. I don't know a lot about her, to tell you the truth. So because I haven't had the energy, but I know there's few. Uh, I can't really speak about it because I don't really know much about her, except that I'm not really interested, frankly. And um also, Andrew Yang, he's kind of annoying as well. It's, it's, it's time to take, take a hike, honey. I'm sick of the corporate media. I'm sick of Joe Biden. I'm sick of, I mean, what is this? Let me just play. I grabbed a couple of clips. I didn't grab a lot because I was running out of time. But let me see. Stupid thing. I got to get a new mic stand, as we know. In the meantime, I have it taped. But it keeps coming loose. And I put more tape on it, but it's coming loose. It's going to hit me in the face any minute. Don't worry. It'll happen. So what really irritated me, thank you for letting me share, is uh, many things. Many things. Well, this was just Joe Biden's end. The How when they all, we all had wrapping up the, what the hell? Why wouldn't it load? Wrapping up the Democratic debate. And it was it's Joe Biden. I guess he's trying out the angry guy frame. I don't know. It's very bizarre. He cheats. He does not do anything to promote people generally. Secondly, we have to rebuild the middle class. And the only way we're going to do that is to be able to reach across the aisle. My dad used to say a job's about a lot more than a paycheck, Joey. It's about your dignity. We have to restore people's dignity. And lastly, we have to unite the country because, folks, he should have said, uh, what's his name? Corn Pop. 
what I learned from Corn Pop at the pool, life is about more than sticking your switchblade in a barrel of water to make it all rusty and shit. It's time we stop walking around with our heads down. We are better positioned than any country. Okay, where the hell did this come from? Walking around with our heads down. We are better positioned than any country in the world to own the 21st century. So for God's sake, get up. Get up and remember, <laughs> this is the United States of America. There's nothing, nothing we've been unable to do when we decide we're going to do it. Nothing. Except Medicare for all and universal higher education. There's nothing we can't do except those things. We can funnel more money into the hands of people who will never spend it in a thousand lifetimes, but there is nothing. We're Americans, goddammit. USA, USA. I, I was very uh, confused when I was watching the debate. So for God's sake, get up. <laughs> get up and remember, this is the United States of America. There's nothing, nothing we've been unable to do when we decide we're going to do it. Nothing at all. Wow. Don't you feel uh, your red, white, and blue blood pumping in your veins with this stirring patriotic speech? Could you imagine? It reminds me of, I mean, I hate to say it. My, you know, my father had Alzheimer's, and in the end of his life, he lived in a, in a assisted living, obviously. I mean, he needed 24-hour care, and he was living in a dementia Lit house, not house. There was many people. There was like twenty something people with dementia and round the clock nurses and doctors and things, and that kind of reminded me of when I would visit him, and there would always be some kind of commotion going on or somebody yelling things like this. Period. America, yes. there's nothing, nothing we've been unable to do. Say, get up. Get up and remember, this is the United States of America. There's nothing, nothing we've been unable to do when we decide we're going to do it. There's nothing, nothing we'll be unable to do when we decide to do it. Anyway, it reminded me, like, what the hell is he talking about? Why, where did this anger come from all of a sudden? And that's actually what happened when it re this it really irritated me when he, he started yelling at, at Elizabeth Warren about how he helped her get uh, get the CF, uh, what is it, the Consumer Protection Financial Bureau started. And, fa and that's not really true, I hear. In Congress, on the first day, I will pass my anti-corruption bill, which will beat back the influence you, of money and repeal the filibuster. And the third, Thank we want to get something done in America. We have to get out there Thank and you, fight for the things that touch Mayor, people's Ma lives. Mayor, I agree Mayor, with, Mayor. Let me, she referenced me. Okay. I agreed with the great job she did. And I went on the floor and got you votes. I got votes for that bill. <laughs> I convinced people to vote for it. So let's get those really? things straight too. Senator Warren, do you want to respond? And why are people applauding? I am deeply grateful to President Obama, who fought so hard to make sure that agency was passed into law. And I am deeply Good for grateful her. F you, Joe Biden. to every single person who fought for it and who helped pass it into law. But understand. You did a hell of a job in your job. Oh, well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you, sir. That's what really irritated me. You did a hell of a job. As he's trying to take credit 
He's trying to put, add his name to her accomplishment. But understand this. It was a dream big, fight hard. People told me, go for something little. Go for something small. Go for something that the big corporations will be able to accept. Thank I said, you, no, let's go for an agency that will make structural change in our economy. And Senator, President Obama said, I will fight for that. And he sometimes Mayor. had to fight against people in his own administration. We have Not to be me. willing to make Mayor good, Not big me. structural change. So apparently, let me read this article from Ryan Grimm and David Dayen. It's it's from The Intercept. It's titled Joe Biden's mysterious claim that he helped with votes for the CFPV. I mean, I'm sorry, CFPB. It's for it's a tongue twister. I'll go. I'll just get back to let's see the CFPB. I have a hard time saying that is an idea Warren floated in an issue of the journal Democracy, as it was being debated in Washington, lawmakers were confronted with the question of whether it should be a standalone product or included as part of Wall Street reform. Warren, in an interview for the book We've Got People, said that House Financial Services Committee Chair Barney Frank initially was inclined to do a broader reform first and then follow it with a consumer agency. Warren argued that the consumer piece should lead that people needed a signal that Congress planned to keep them up front, up front of mind as the reform process unfolded. Starting with the CFPB, Warren said, would be similar to the way FDR had begun by re rescuing and backstopping the banks in the Great Depression, ultimately creating the FDIC, which ended bank runs. Because of that, FDR gained the political capital needed for bigger structural reforms. Ultimately, CFPB became part of the broad Dodd-Frank effort and was signed into law in the summer of 2010. Okay, so that's the background. But that, it's really actually very heartening to me that, that obviously Elizabeth Warren is a student of FDR. She's a student of the New Deal and references. And also by doing that, by referencing Francis Perkins and FDR and using FDR as a, as a touchstone and, a, and an inspiration, she is educating an, uh, a whole generation of Americans who have absolutely no idea about the New Deal. They think that we have unemployment insurance because the billionaires felt like trickling it upon us, or Social Security, I can't talk, Social Security, or all of these, uh, the, the entire notion that government has a place in our lives. You see, unlike Republicans, Republicans hate government, which is another example why they, they hate democracy, they hate this country. If you hate, if you hate government, you, you're an enemy of the people. Then what do you what what is your point? What are you doing in in government if you hate government? Because the founders fought a revolution to create a government of by and for the people. They don't like democracy. That's what they're saying. When Republicans say they hate government, they like government just fine as long as it works for them. They like oligarchy. 
They like plutocracy. They like authoritarianism. They like those kinds of governments. They like smash and grab kleptocracies. They like that. They just don't like democracy. So when they're saying they don't like government, what they're really saying is I is what Republicans are really saying is that they hate democracy. And that's the bottom line. Whether they and they hate America ultimately because the, what is America but her government? It, I mean, they hate everything about America. They only look at America as some kind of, uh, as the same way a tick looks at a, a host, as a parasite looks at a host from which to suck profit and discard. That's what, that's how Republicans look at America. America the beautiful? They, they use America, they blow the tops off the, the Purple Mountain's majesty to get at the coal. They don't care. They use the, the environment we share as a toilet for their poisonous waste. They don't like this country and know them by their fruits. As the, as the fake savior, they pretend to, I mean, it's your, if that's your savior, that's fine, whatever. But they pretend to worship they, you know, they're, they are the, uh, talk about the enemies of the people. Anybody who has a standard bearer that calls the press the enemy of the people is the enemy of the people. They're, they're the enemies of the people. So, anyway, let's see, where was I? Uh, la, 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 la. I'm trying to get to the meat of the matter here. Okay. Bernstein has publicly commented that Biden fought hard to get votes for Dodd-Frank, presumably by talking to his colleagues in the Senate. The Biden campaign has backed this up, but while also highlighting a speech he made as vice president during the Dodd-Frank debate to the Wall Street-friendly Hamilton Project and a separate speech at the University of, of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Nobody doubts that Biden was a team player as the Obama administration sought something they could call the fi financial reform from Congress. Then Senate Majority Le Leader Harry Reid told The Intercept that the American prospect, I mean, and the American prospect, that Biden did help with getting votes. Reid said that Biden was always willing to help when Reid reached out to him uh, to contact the senator. I have no idea who he talked to. He was just there, and he said he would help and get it done, Reid said. He was also always available to help when I contacted him. But the insistence that Biden had anything, anything whatsoever to do with rallying support for the CFPB in the Senate left many other people closely involved scratching their heads. In all honesty, that was news to me, said, J said Jim Manley, who was communications director for Reid at the time. A senator closely involved in the fight who didn't want to speak on the record said that he never heard from Biden. A former Senate staffer who worked on bills told us about Biden's claim, quote, I needed a drink when I heard that. They added that Biden and his staff were not involved in any Hill meetings on the subject or engaged in the legislative process in any fashion. I mean, it's just so disgusting. Uh, so, uh, Rep. Brad Miller, Democrat of North Carolina, was also was was the CFPB statute le uh, statute's lead author in the House. Asked what Biden did to win votes for the CPFB, Miller told the Intercept and the American Prospect, "Nothing." That's the quote. 
So what did Biden do? Nothing. And, of course, he had to take credit. It's just very bizarre. He elaborated on Twitter. I, because what else is he going to boast about, frankly? Putting Clarence Thomas on the bench? The bankruptcy bill? The prison reform that sent uh, a generation that uh, has the, uh, you know, an incarcerated generation of African Americans? Um, what else? This is what we're talking about. Somebody who can, who, whose b- big claim to pl- fame, why can't I talk, is uh, I have a black friend, which is so annoying and really indicative of how far this country has fallen. It really, it makes me so irritated that they're, they're doing it to us again. He, he's the, uh, the, the anointed one. Um, honestly, who's going to, when Biden falls, which I think he might, unless uh, they continue to just continuously inflict him on us. I read today, here's the other thing, Biden, let's see, this is what really pissed me off. Um, what's the guy's name? Bloomberg, right? The billionaire mayor, ex-mayor of New York, that if Biden falters, Michael Bloomberg want, is, wants to get into the race. This is what he's threatening. Once again, to save us. You see, they want to sa- these billionaires want to save us from universal health care, universal higher education, living wages, from a middle class. They like it the way it is. People like this, if they're not talking about the income disparity, the fact that one-third of the American people can't retire, that they, they have done well in this oligarchy, in the plutocracy. They like it this way. That's what they want us to believe. Just like the, uh, there's a generation of Americans who don't have any idea that we have things called the weekend because, because men and women died for that. There was a labor movement. That there were, uh, at one time, when there, there was a sign at this Triangle Shirtwaist factory before that fire, that there was a sign that said, if you don't come in on Sunday, don't come in on Monday. Because people worked seven days a week without respite. They had no, there was no workers' comp. There was no day off. There was no, uh, you know, you went to bed, you went to, uh, you woke up, and you went back to work. 16-hour days, round the clock, seven days a week. That was your lot in life. And you awaited your reward in heaven, which came pretty quickly, working in the Gilded Age for these corporate capitalists, these money-grabbing uh, you know, uh, the titans of industry, like, like uh, Carnegie. What, now we're supposed to we look back, oh, like Carnegie Hall. He gave away all his money at the end of his life. But there, there's writings uh, because um, Carnegie, his own in his own writing, said that he was more um, suited to. It was good that he had all this money because he's smart. Basically, I'm just paraphrasing, but it was it was because he was smarter than everybody else and he knew what to do with it. Other than uh, those that worked for him, who are so stupid, because if they weren't that, if they weren't stupid, they wouldn't be working in his in his steel mines, his steel mills, where you the if you lived past age fifty, you were lucky. 
And there were, if you got injured on the job, there was nothing you could do. That was the end of it. You, you know, better luck next life. Go, go beg, beg on the streets. You better help you. You better hope you had a rich relative. So that's the kind of world they're dragging us back to. Make no mistake. There, are, history is not a linear, fa uh, fashion. What's the word? You know, it's not. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. Uh, well, always mean that we will remain a so-called democratic republic, just like the Roman Republic failed, died, and went on for hundreds more years with their enduring the madness of various emper emperors. So this country, the United States, is actually more unequal than, and we've we spoke about this before. They've done studies that the that the Roman that ancient Rome is had less income disparity than the United States of this of our, of this time. So how is that okay when you have the 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 moderates, so-called moderates? The thing that really irritates me is that. I'm listening to Morning Joe, and of course they want, they want Biden. They all want, they want Biden, or they'll take Klobuchar. So today they had on all the moderates, they had Klobuchar. They were going off about how Medicare for all, how Elizabeth Warren wants to raise taxes on everyone, and just, just hitting this falsehood that. They're going to take away health care from millions of people. Oh, you're going to strip people of their private insurance. Apparently, Willie Geist has some kind of bug up his ass about, I don't know what it is, but it's he, uh, there is not a day that goes by where he doesn't complain or get in some kind of shot that, that uh, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders want to want to take private insurance away from people. Please. I want to say, please take it away. Private health insurance. Like, everybody's pining for private health insurance? We, I mean, who the hell loves their private health insurance company? And uh, for the fact is, if you like your doctor, you can keep it. None of these so-called moderates, these Republicans, these middle-of-the-road Democrats, ever complained about the private health insurance companies making you go to certain doctors, taking doctors away in network, out of network, changing every year. This, that's what happens in the private health insurance market. They think we're all a bunch of dupes, but I fear that many people are. Are, are my taxes going to go up? So they're, they're always, that, like, that's the bottom line. The fact is you will have less, you, you will pay less in, uh, in premiums. You will pay less psychologically. Overall, you will end up paying less. And this bullshit, like Buttigieg talks about, um, uh, that he's for Medicare for all who want it. F you, that's not how it works. All who want it. The everybody in, nobody out is the only patriotic American value. And it's the same way that we have it now for the, the if for it to work, you have to have everybody in. That's how you get your premiums. Then that's how everybody pays less overall. So I'm so sick of hearing how millions of people will, will lose their private health insurance. Who gives a shit? Who cares? 
Take it away. Well, how about the 85 million Americans who have no insurance at all, who don't go to a doctor? What about the 35,000 Americans who die needlessly every year? We never talk about them. The corporate media, Willie Geist, never seems to be so concerned about them. But I also want to wonder, what, what the hell is a Willie Geist anyway? Well, how is he on television? It, he is the most boring nothing of a generic man that I've ever heard. What does he bring to the table except constant faux concern trolling about people losing private health insurance? What, that's, are there really people? Honestly, I've never met one. Because uh, I, I live with people, and I, I work with people, and I see people. I talk with people. I've never heard somebody crying about losing their private health. I've, uh, yeah, the, I, I've ne- I, what people like is health care. It's not that they like, oh, I'm losing my United Healthcare. The reason they're crying is because they're getting kicked off for some reason or another. They lose their job or whatever. It's not about, I love United Healthcare so much. I love those bills that come in. I love those co-pays and those, that co-insurance and the, and the premiums I have to pay and the deductibles. I love it so much. Don't take it away. It's, uh, the, how, how beaten are we? How much do we hate ourselves to constantly have to take these crumbs and make a banquet out of it and to cover the ass of these billionaire health insurance executives who they do nothing but stand in your doctor's office denying care, figuring out ways to deny care. That's what they do. And they, they, they serve nothing. They don't serve the American people. Why, are, why isn't Willie Geist crying about the 85 million Americans who have no health insurance at all? Zero. Because for whatever reason, they haven't found a a lord to serve in the neo-feudal corporate state or whatever. I mean, because that's what that's what they're rebuilding. It's it will look a little different. We might not have kings right away, but they're working on it. Just like in China, they have President Xi, who's the friggin president for life. That's not a president. That's a king. But they will call him president and they'll have the trappings of democracy but you know everything will be gone it will be changed it will be and we'll have uh, that's this is exactly what the republicans are doing and the to talk about an estate tax i I heard somebody talk about on uh the debate yesterday somebody mentioned uh reinstate the estate tax i'm sure it was bernie or elizabeth that, that, there you go. When we hear, what, how are you going to pay for it? We always hear this. We never hear, how are you going to pay for the endless wars? Or how are you going to pay for another tax giveaway to the 1%? When Bernie says three people have more money than the entire, than, than 50% of the, the bottom 50% of the population, that is a failure of leadership. That means that this thing is not functioning. And for anybody who, who doesn't see that th- this is an emergency, that wants to be like, oh, you can't, you can't have the, the remedies that you need because we can only get things, we want to get things done? What are you getting done? And honestly, I, I just, um, I forgot to capture this clip. 
but I should have, of Bernie saying to Joe Biden when he said, I can get things done. Yeah, get things done, like the Iraq war, like the bankruptcy bill, like the, uh, the like we were saying, the, um, the prison, prison reform and all those. Yeah, you got things done. You reached across the aisle. All right. What are you getting done? You're putting the nail in the coffin of democracy because you cannot have democracy and concentrated wealth at the same time. And it is about time that the, we have a leadership that recognizes that. And if we don't, we're, we're dead. This country is over. It is. It will be over. We will be like China with an authoritarian who a president for life well how how you don't think that that's out of the ordinary that's that's out of the realm of possibilities in this country as they whittle away at every norm and they they start to say hey this is the new normal how is twitler getting away with this and now he's denying he's he's defying subpoenas and there's no consequences. What's wh- where? Where the hell do we live? Oh, we're gonna take it to the ballot box, right? Oh, we're gonna t- get rid of him in 2020. We'll uh, don't be so sure, because if we don't have the correct candidate that's gonna motivate people, I mean, I don't think it's enough, frankly. Obviously, there's a lot of very dumb people in this country that they will vote for Twitler again, regardless. I don't care. They say, oh, they, they don't see the light unless something affects them directly, which is disgusting. So and I don't want to hear. Here's the other thing that pisses me off, and we've, we spoke about this before, because I always talk about everybody in, nobody out. This is the only patriotic American value. So if you're not talking about, hey, let me just play this thing, actually, which really irritated. Here's uh, Amy Klobuchar getting on my nerves. Bernie's being honest here and saying how he's going to pay for this and that taxes are going to go up. And I'm sorry, Elizabeth, but you have not said that. And I think we owe it to the American. That whoever's hitting the microphone, that's not me. That's one of the Democrats on stage. That's in the actual recording. So just in case you knew, you heard that, it's, there's somebody knocking into their microphone on stage. People to tell them where we're going to send the invoice. I believe the best and boldest idea here is to not trash Obamacare, but to do exactly what Barack Obama wanted to do. Oh, like Barack Obama is like the saint who walks among us now. That Obamacare is some kind of holy grail that we have to improve upon. If we we needed Obamacare because the rapacious for-profit health insurance companies were killing and bankrupting us, but... You know, that all Obamacare did was entrench the for-profit health insurance industry into our lives and ask them nicely to play nice with the plebs. Just play a little bit nicer. They, they Give them something for the money. In the beginning, and that's have a public option that would bring down the cost of the premium and expand the number of people covered and take on the pharmaceutical companies. That is what we should be doing uh, instead of kicking 149 million people off their insurance in four years. What about the 85 million people who have nothing now or the underinsured or the people who die because they can't, uh, even though they have insurance, they're still going bankrupt? Friggin' Amy Klobuchar.
years. And I'm tired of hearing whenever <sighs> I say these things, oh, it's Republican talking point. You're goddamn right it's Republican talking point. That's what it is. You're you're framing this argument at like a Republican, like the Republican you are. You think that this is going to attract Republicans. But what it's like I like I predicted with Obamacare. The minute they, because I many years ago when Obamacare, when they, when these freaking these Tea Party morons were going into the town halls and screaming at everybody, there was a town hall here in Queens. I went to with I can't remember who the rep. It wasn't um, Joe Crowley. He was my my congressman before uh, AOC. AOC is the is now my representative, thankfully. But there was another one. I can't remember. I went to another district, and there they there were a bunch of Tea Party assholes there screaming at this representative. Of course, there were normal people there too who were all for the um, for having. Uh, it wasn't called Obamacare at the time. I think it was just it was just the very early days of the debate. And I remember getting up there and saying. Do not, of course, well, one of them got up and was one of the, the I was going to call him Trump Z's, but it was a, the pre-Trump Z. He was just a, a, a moron. He was just a regular old devolved conservative. When it was, he got up there and saying, what part of the Constitution allows you to, to uh, gives Congress the right to dictate health care? And... Of course, I got up there. The guy didn't say anything. And I was like, what part of promote the general welfare don't you understand? And I said, do not pay attention to these morons here because we know that the minute it's passed, all of these idiots will sign up for it and then they'll position themselves as its champion. So, and then, of course, everybody applauded at the, uh, in the hall. But it's the truth. Just like Republicans today are positioning themselves as the protectors of pre-existing conditions, protections, or, the, or Social Security, or Medicare, they fought tooth and nail. And as soon as people get on these programs, they like it, just like these asshole trump who get on Obamacare. They don't like this fucking microphone. Oh, my God. Ugh. They don't like having to have the responsibility. You see, the party of personal responsibility does not take responsibility. They don't want to share a civilization with others. And, uh, and I call them the Goldilocks. It's like a Goldilocks effect. Government is just right. It's all, the size of government is just right in the ways that it serves them directly. But as soon as they got on Obamacare and they saw, oh, gee, now I can't get kicked off when I'm sick. Oh, like I like my pre-existing conditions protections. Now the Republicans, they, it's, they were all pretending that they were for it all along. And we know how full of shit they are. And, you know, this Amy Klobuchar talking about, let me just say, let me just finish what she's saying. Because she really annoyed the hell out of me. I'll let her speak first. You are making Republican talking points right now in this room by coming out for a plan that's going to do that. I think there is a better way that is bold that will cover more people, and it's the one we should get behind. Cover more. What's bold? What's bold about incrementalism? What's bold about consigning yourself to or resigning yourself to defeat before you even begin? What's so bold about that? She is in the pocket 
of the healthcare industry. She's taking money from all these lobbyists. We know this. She has absolutely no problem with the with big money or big. The obviously, for whatever reason, she thinks that's attractive to her mouth breathing constituents. I don't. I I have no idea why. But she thinks that's a tr- instead of fighting for what we actually need, let's do incrementalism, put band-aids on these bleeding arteries until perhaps, you know, uh, we, they, conti- they really entrench power to the point where we can't do a goddamn thing about it, right? So what, what really irritated me about what she just said, I'll rewind it a little bit. Let me see. In this room, by coming out for a plan that's going to do that, I think there is a better way that is bold that will cover more people, and it's the one we should cover more people, not all people. I think it's we should all be for a plan that will cover more people because we're supposed to take a crumb and make it a banquet. We leave people behind. That's the American way. Now, forget everybody in, nobody out. Forget you know. Oh, um. E pluribus unum, and the, all of these Democrats on stage, they, we, all of them lamented how divided this country is. We're, we're so divided now. How are we going to get anything done in this divided nation? Well, they keep dividing us, and that's how they do it. They divide us along racial lines, along economic lines, and it's not about when you tax the rich at a when you have a, a something called you know these billionaires in this country which are needless and unnecessary and it's not punitive to tax them if they understood how that we cannot have democracy and concentrated wealth at the same time and explain to them that it is for example the the estate tax is a patriotic tax. It's that pre- prevents the growth of intergenerational aristocracy. Then, and it's the same thing with Amy Klobuchar so, talking about how we can cover more people. That's okay, and we're supposed to be satisfied with just covering more people, not all people, and. Pray to God that it's us that, that gets covered. That it's not us who are the ones who are left behind. Because, I mean, I find it so unconscionable that we are, in this country, we're okay with leaving people behind. We're leaving them to die needlessly. Leaving them and, and, uh, without insurance, without the ability to see a doctor. With, it's, so, it's beyond unconscionable. It's inhumane it is, and it's completely un-American. And we need to start framing it like that. All Democrats should frame it like that. I really wish, hopefully, I mean, I'm going to that gathering and that, that Bernie mentioned at the debate. It's about 20 minutes from my house on my bike. I'm going to ride my bike there on Saturday. They're going to have a little, uh, a little gathering. I was there, actually, in 2016 when Bernie appeared at, uh, in Long Island City and, um, you know, it's not that far from the house. Hopefully, it's about, I think it's at 1 o'clock, and I'll, obviously I'll, I'll, it's not going to be many, many hours, so I'll be back and talk about it on the show that night. But hopefully, I don't know, maybe I'll, if I'm lucky, I'll be able to run into AOC or, or Bernie and, uh, or Ilan Omar. Hopefully they'll be there. I think that she, Ilan Omar is going to be there, but... 
um, to have an opportunity to 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 talk to them about the framing of these arguments, to frame them in the, the as as patriotic as patriotic imperatives, for Christ's sakes. That's how we have to frame it. Leaving nobody behind. We don't leave people on the battlefield. So when you know Pete Buttigieg, he's such he's the uh, acceptable warmongering gay uh, who wore the uniform of this country. I did too. So okay, whatever. I, I don't know. He he kind of gets on my nerves to tell you the truth. But he's supposed to be. He uh, the other thing that irritated me when he was like, "You should." What did I did I capture that clip? He's like, uh, "You." Oh, I don't think I captured it. Nobody, uh, I don't need lessons from you when he talked to Beto O'Rourke. I don't need lessons from you f about courage. So, but um, if he understands as as a service member that you don't leave people on the battlefield, why is he so willing to leave people behind in all these other unconscionable circumstances and I know I'm saying unconscionable a lot tonight but it applies it is unconscionable we live in the unconscionable states of America it's this it really is disturbing disgusting and I'm trying to think of a D word but I can't it's very well it's disturbing i said that already and it dissuades us from being involved i suppose people this is why they tune out fucking microphone oh my god i'm so irritated by this <laughs> the disturbing states of america the disjointed states that's why i'm so sick of Moderate, moderate Democrats. They are. They will be the death of us. And I know, as a progressive, we're not supposed to speak ill of other Democrats. But just because you're a Democrat doesn't mean you're not helping, and I, 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 that you're that you're automatically good for the country. Look at what happened in 2016. The there so many things went wrong in an election where Hillary Clinton should have walked away with that election and not not it should not have been close even with all of the yeah where a lavalier well the fact is the lobs I had different microphones and this microphone in particular was recommended by a person who I can't remember now exactly his name, but who is an audio engineer. And he contacted me out of the goodness of his heart because he listens to the show, but he couldn't stand listening to my crappy microphone. So he gave me a lot of advice, which I took. Yes, the Russians cheated in the, but in the, uh, I'm getting all off track, but the Russians helped elect Twitler. Hillary Clinton received more votes, but Twitler quote unquote won this election by 20,000 votes in three states by a squeaker. 
and there is no way under the a, a sane in a sane universe that that should have happened. Hillary Clinton should have understood where her vulnerabilities were with for all her money uh, being for all her political campaign donations for all the friggin' algorithms and whatnot that it should not have happened. And the other thing, okay, if she, she was our nominee, we all know that the DNC electing the, the electoral system that picks the candidates is not, was not, uh, was iffy. Okay. So yes, people say, Oh, uh, Bernie, this is why they don't like Bernie because he, he, uh, he messed it up for Hillary. No, no, I don't think that that's what happened. In fact, in my the in my view is that Bernie tried to save the DNC, the Democratic Party, and this country from itself. Well, especially the DNC. The here's one thing. As far as the the nominating, um, what do you call it? Process is, for instance, the having a process where you. Um, I mean, there's there's many there's arguments on both sides. So one of the things I thought was that in the nominating process, registered independents should be able to participate. But I understand. And there's the argument that the the it's a it's a closed it's a club. So you get to the people in the club get to pick who they're who they want to have represent them. Right. But if only, um, in reality, if only the it was only Democrats that voted in the election. But it's not. It's it's not just Democrats. It's independents. It's also Republicans. I'm not saying the Republicans should be able to vote. But they. I do thought. I do think that it would have helped to have independents be able to participate in the in the democratic nominating process because ultimately the it is not just democrats who vote it is the independents people who are registered independents are the majority of the country let me actually let me look this up registered independents what's the america's Americans' identification as independents are back up in 2017. Okay, yes. So here we go. 42% identified as independent in 2017, up from 39% in 2016. A three-point rise, uh, the largest for any presidential or the largest for F any year after a presidential election. Democrats maintain an edge over Republicans. There are more registered Democrats in the country. Yeah. And in general. So there, that's why I'm like F Republic. We don't need them. We just need the independents. We need normal people who, who are people will always say I'm a registered independent. But I, I'll vote for whoever. This is, I registered as an independent when I first registered to vote. And that's what I thought, too. I wasn't that politically astute at the time. I thought, I, I mean, I didn't really think I was. I just knew what I knew. I just, I was naive. I didn't know what I didn't know. 
You know what I mean? So the more that I grew and understood and came to see what the hell was going on, I realized I was a Democrat. So I, when I first registered, I thought I will vote for whoever I believe is the right person for the, for the job, what I, according to what I think. But I, you know, I just saw quickly enough that I was always voting for Democrats and I hated Republicans because I'm a normal person. I'm, I'm relatively normal. I mean, not that I don't have my own problems and issues and struggles in life, but I mean, I'm normal in the sense that I'm not a selfish sycophant of a tax-dodging, draft-dodging, tax-cheating, trust-funded, serial-bankrupt con man. I'm not that stupid. You know what I mean? I don't think I'm stupid at all. I think I have things to learn. I don't know everything. But I'm not like Twitler, who thinks who knows nothing but says he knows everything. I've, one of the, th- the tragedies, I believe, about life is that there's so much, there's so many interesting things in life. There's so much to know and learn and see and so little time to do it all. And how finite we are, that is. And it's really something that also is a motivating factor in why, personally, I do the show. I, I am involved. I think it's certain people, I don't know, I could not not be involved. I do other things. I do a lot of work with animals on the side. I'm a very big animal rights activist, and I will, and I don't mean big literally. <laughs> I'm involved, I, as people know who listen to the show. I take care of some feral cats out there in the world. I, uh, I do some TNR work, trap, neuter, and release there's always something to do. That's what I, I mean, I like that about, especially in New York, but there's things to do always. And I enjoy trying to make the world a better place. It's not enjoy, actually. I'm just, I'm infuriated. That's what it is. I hate to see suffering and injustice and I hate stupidity. I hate morons. I hate, um, I hate ignorance, selfishness. It's always been something that, I I mean, really, I can't sleep at night thinking about some of the, some horrible things that need to change. And anyway, I think there are certain people like among us, and Democrats, honestly, are more apt to be that way, to have that empathy. So, I, b- I believe that. I'm sure there are some sociopaths among us. I, I, like, I, I can't stand this whole b- bullshit. Oh, I'm a fiscal. I'm a fiscal conservative. I'm a fiscal Republican. You're not fiscal. You're, you're, just, a, you're just a selfish prick. You're, you're just somebody who is low information. And you're selfish and fearful, too. Fiscal. Because if you really understood fiscal, then you would re- understand what uh, would it mean, what what the consequences of your actions are. That if we don't, we're in this together. That this is that that's the way it's supposed to work. That we're that you don't leave people behind. That you're it's when you help other people, you help yourself. And I don't know, whatever.
And I mean that as far as, oh, my taxes are going to go up. That's the, the other thing that I'm so sick of listening to. I'm so glad that, that uh, what's his name, is not in the, in the race anymore. Um, one of them. I don't know. All of them. The one, one of them that, who dropped out, who's, who was always talking about how his union, he's such a big union man, but uh, all of the unions who, but forget the union, forget the union of the United States, forget the general welfare, it was just the union, his small slice of being an advocate for unions who negotiated a a health care plan instead of educating those people saying that you know um you what if you take away the the health care the <laughs> the providence of your health care from away from these companies you'll be fucking free and there I I went I went to I went there with the cursing but that's what that's what called freedom you're not free if your your lord can take away your health care when they're trying to beat you into submission as we saw with the gm workers that's disgusting so and the other thing is that to talk about the this guy was saying how he doesn't want these union workers to lose their health insurance well what about the 85 freaking million other americans who have nothing you know what I'm saying? So we're not supposed to care about them. So when Amy Klobuchar says, oh, uh, insure more people, that with there we are being lulled again into a, a, the state of selfishness, not caring about everybody else. Oh, it's just us. Not understanding that we're in this together. That's how we'll have a functioning healthcare system. When we're in it, when everybody's in it, everybody in, nobody out, then we leave no one behind, that, that we'll be free. That's what freedom is. I was talking to a guy from Ireland, my, my future home, hopefully, who knows, and uh, he was saying he li- now he's living in the United States and that he had a pain in his jaw or something, and he didn't go to the doctor because he had to think about can I afford this? Is this worth going to the doctor? He said that if this had happened to him in Ireland, he would have been at the doctor investigating what is this mysterious pain that I'm, uh, that I'm feeling. Instead, here in the United States of serfs and lords, this is what happens. Would you go to the doctor and wonder, can I, is, is this worthy of me going to the doctor and paying my copay, deductible, co-insurance, and the bills that will be coming in the mail, and God knows what it is, and you hope against hope that it's nothing and it goes away. But that's, that was his lifestyle in, in Ireland. He said if anything happened to him, he would just go to the doctor and figure it out it, because he never had to worry about a goddamn bill. And the other thing he was telling me too, because we were talking about health insurance for our pets he said even in Ireland, he couldn't believe it. He has a dog here, and that the health insurance for his dog is like $50 a month, and it's, which is expensive. And he said in Ireland, he had health insurance for his dog, and it was only $10, or 10 pounds or whatever a month. And there you go. Everything is, uh, he said, even the, even the health insurance for the damn dog is more, in, uh, is more expensive here. 
because they can get away with it. And I'm not, I know that you know, health insurance for animals, some of these animals, my cat has a better plan than half the people I know. It's ridiculous. Oh, my God. I'm so sick of it. And I'm sick of Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar and friggin' Andrew Yang. Get out of the race. Enough is enough. Oh, here's the other thing. All right, what else did I want to talk about? I mean, anybody is anybody inspired by Amy Klobuchar? Really? Am I am I just out of touch? I live in my progressive p- bubble with normal people. I I have not met a single person that was like, oh, I really can't wait. I wish to to have an Amy Klobuchar as a president. Amy Klobuchar? What uh, what is so great about reaching across the aisle? to strangle, but put the last nail in the coffin of the American working class. And then, okay, so her father was an alcoholic, and he was pursued by grace. Wonderful. Who cares? How about we all get pursued by grace and have something that the rest of the world has as a right of citizenship and not a privilege of wealth? And it's called, let's not be stressed out all the time, worrying. I don't know. I'm stressed. It is a stressful living in this country. It's stressful enough being alive. Wouldn't that be one thing that we would do for each other? I I mean, what the hell? This country, it's, I don't, it's this cognitive dissonance, this this complete hypocrisy, and also the, the mixed messages constantly. How, oh, we're so divided, and uh, on one hand, and on the other hand, I don't want to pay for somebody. I'm not paying. And the and the other thing, which I, I spoke about before with Pete Buttigieg, which which is why I'm so irritated. And I and on the um, morning Joe cast, they're all about oh Pete Buttigieg, Pete Buttigieg. He's so he makes so much sense because the Republicans on morning Joe they they effed it up. They gave us Twitter. They helped elevate this sociopath, this malignant narcissist con man who can't spell to the highest executive office in the land. They helped give, inflict this monstrosity upon us. So they don't know who to vote for. How can I vote for a socialist or somebody that's going to leave nobody behind? You know, they want us, they want, to, they want everything handed to them on the platter again. So give them somebody like Amy Klobuchar. Or please, let them have Pete Buttigieg. They can vote for him, but not, not for Bernie, because how can you vote for Bernie? Because he might actually do something to address this income disparity and upward immobility. You might actually be able to retire one day. For Christ's sakes. Yes. New Yorkers tend to be myopic. I know. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Am I myopic? Am I? I mean, we live in... I live in the most culturally diverse neighborhood in the entire country. We are the... We attract people from all over the world... I, I, you know what it is? I think that, I don't know, I don't know. I wonder, here's, here's my, my, it's not like a big secret, but how obviously people who live in these small towns, it's, uh, it's always, people are, they want to, we're, we're followers, right? Crowd, everybody wants to be part of the crowd. 
that's why you have these pockets of Republicans, of uh, Trump Zs. They're all influ- people influence each other, and if somebody they they wake up if they're they're living in Kansas and they look around they're like get me the hell out of here they I don't I'm not a Trump Z. I'm a, I'm a normal person. They a lot of these people flee their their hometown and they come here to New York. They're refugees from from these red states. They live here. That's why you have concentration of Democrats in cities because they're like I'm getting the hell out of that shithole backwater pissant town filled with morons who wear shirts that say journalist rope some assembly required and are marching around saying with tiki torches saying Jews will not replace us they they wouldn't get away with that shit here Jews would not replace us they wouldn't dare walk around like that here in New York. I mean, they do, I guess. Now that I'm thinking about it, there, there's been some, uh, but there's, there's, always a, there's always a response. They're not, they do it undercover because they're not welcome. We know that. We're able, we, we, we're able to function in a society, a, diver, a diverse society. So, but, um, so when... This is this is what why I believe people like Amy Klobuchar and friggin' Pete Buttigieg of who the hell first of all B- B- Buttigieg, you're a goddamn mayor of 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 a town in Indy F and Anna. Get out of here! You're 37. Talk about hubris, frankly. Please. Yes, and Staten Island. I'm I'm reading the chat is a Republican stronghold. But there are some normal people there, too. But that's, it's, it's what I'm saying. They're, they influence each other. People influence each other. If you, and, and, but let me tell you, like, I know that I know people on Staten Island, and the, some of them are normal people, and they talk about their friends, and they say, yeah, this idiot, she's, she's all for Trump, but yet she's on Social Security disability, or they're on Medicaid, or they're, you know... They have, they, they don't understand. See, what it is is that there's a lot of racism, too, in this country. So they, for themselves, they believe that whatever they get from the government, they deserve it. That's really the case. That's what they think. But it's those people, those other people are taking advantage. Why don't they get out and work? Why don't, I don't... You know, I pulled myself up by my bootstrap. I just need a little help. They have no problem being on Medicaid or taking whatever, taking whatever government handouts, right? You know, I don't, I don't call it handouts. It's, hey, we're in this together. We all need a hand up now and then. But they don't seem to understand. But it's really when you scratch the surface, honestly, it's racism. So, but like with, for instance, what I was saying about Amy Klobuchar and Pete Buttigieg, rather than being a bunch of sycophants and pandering to your stupid base that is like, I'm not, I don't want to pay higher taxes, or I want my government, I mean, not government, right? <laughs> or I want my, my corporate-run uh, employer-based health plan. Like, who the hell is pining for that? That's why I'm so, ugh. But instead of instead of saying, 
you know what, uh, we can ensure more people if we do it incrementally or whatever. If we ask nicely, maybe the health insurance racket will throw us a bone. They'll be nice because they will, because they understand that they're up against the wall here. They understand the tide is turning. So they'll do something nice. They're not, you know, they'll, they'll throw us a bone. Maybe they'll, uh, I don't know, they'll, they'll keep some of the provisions of Obamacare and they'll only start kicking people off of their pre-existing condition protections uh, uh, down the road a little bit. They've they got to be very crafty about it. Or, the, or rescission or lifetime caps. Remember that? When you, uh, you had kids with leukemia would hit their lifetime cap before they hit puberty. So, good luck next life. So, anyway. But instead, Amy Klobuchar, because she, what is she? She's, she's useless. She, instead of educating her, her people, that's the point of being a leader, right? You're in a position, you can actually make a effective change, and instead, you're taking handouts from, from the health insurance racket and telling your people, don't worry, I w- nothing will change. Um, uh, we, we're going to ensure a little bit more of you. More of you. That's what's so sickening. More of you. Not all of you. It's more of you. It's like Nancy Pelosi when she goes on, on Jimmy Kimmel and says, we're going to reduce the dark money in politics. Yes, I know. I'm not supposed to be attacking Democrats. I'm not attacking them. I'm just saying what it is. The fact is, this is the, this is their policy. The, if, when you're mentioning their record and it's considered an attack, we really need to look at that. And the and here's the deal: there, th- these moderates are not going to win. That's we will win an election with by with somebody who people can get behind that enthusiasm that's how we're gonna win so you can't tell me uh, because the morning joe cast says i don't know if if bernie is the nominee i'm i'm gonna vote for trump well that's a useless person anyway that we were not going to get anyway and they probably already voted for trump you have to give people something to get out for and if you give them someone who inspires them and and is going to do something for them to actually address the problems we face who recognizes the problems we face and i believe either bernie or elizabeth warren are those people i don't think that any other democrat really they should all take a hike frankly especially joe biden and joe biden if he is the nominee I see 20, 2016 all over again. He is vulnerable, and he sounds, he's losing it. He needs to relax. He needs to rest. He needs to go home and, and relax because it's over. He is responsible for, he's, he's in, for, for this income disparity and upward immobility. He's, he was in office all those years he is he we're still living in the consequences of his actions including helping put Clarence Thomas on the bench the those are his vulnerabilities and they are wide they are chasms wide as soon as Trump starts hitting him on um, voting for the Iraq war it's a, it's here we go again Regardless of whether Trump is a liar, it doesn't matter. 
you know that's what he's going to do. He's going to position himself as the draining the swamp, and, and he's already doing it. He's calling Joe Biden a swamp creature. Like, he's draining. I mean, for, we know that Trump is a liar. It doesn't matter, but that's what's going to happen. And then what's, what will happen is Democrats aren't going to go, aren't going to come out. There, there'll be no enthusiasm. I'm, you know, the only thing, of course, most people who listen to this show and other progressive shows will, they'll get out and vote, but it won't be enough. We'll still have these idiots in, in these, these formerly Democratic states that went for Trump. They're, they'll, they'll still vote for him. As far as I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. But, and then, okay, my fear, the other thing, if Joe Biden wins, okay, great, wonderful, let's say he does, wonderful, he does nothing, he, not, he does not fix the fundamental rot in the system, he throws us a couple of bones here and there, whatever, where... Okay, they're not attacking our health care anymore, but we still have the for-profit insurance racket sucking profit from us like parasites, and people are dying, going bankrupt, and premiums are still effed up, and we're on and on. They, oh, we'll hear maybe uh, the minimum wage. Some people are working, uh, you know, the minimum wage went up in a few states, $15 an hour. Uh, or whatever it is, the tax rate he'll st- will still have this Trump tax giveaway, the scam that that was the Trump tax giveaway, and the he'll do nothing about the estate tax. They'll will still have this rapacious for-profit student debt that the kids will be coming out of college with hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt still. There'll be nothing to do. They, they, he'll do nothing about that. Then, after, when, when we don't get change we can believe in, people are still uh, declining that the middle class is, the, uh, is a dream the American dream is truly shipped shipped away, or you know, I mean, will we? What will happen is the next fascist, the next Republican that gets into office, will be a capable fascist. He won't be a he won't be a moron like Trump. He won't be uh, somebody who can't control himself. He won't be an international embarrassment, but. Um, he'll, he will finally, and it will be a he, put the nail, the last nail in the coffin of the grand experiment in liberal democracy. That is the future. Either we get somebody in the Democrat, in this election. This is the opportunity because it has gotten that bad. This is the, the fire that, remember for years, I remember being on Mike Malloy's show and talking to Mike Malloy, just talking casually, and we would discuss that what we really needed in this country was uh, uh, tr- was fascism, right? I mean, we're just we're speaking uh, what you know. I mean, we weren't trying to make it happen, but you know what I mean. We needed a crisis, like somebody to get in there and really show us the face, the true 
face of fashion to pull that mask off and have and people would suffer and see what the Republican agenda truly was. And I'm not, I'm not saying we wanted this to happen, but here we are. This is it. Where if we do not get it back now, it's over. This is what we were talking about. I'm not that we, you know, it's sort of like what Susan Sarandon said and people jumped on her. I, I never wanted this to happen. I voted for Hillary and I would do it again, but I'll vote for Biden if it happens. But the fact is that, um, you know, this is where we are. We are in a crisis. This country is going to go the way of a lot, many of all, of democracies and republics throughout history that failed. They we have always been under attack. Democracies all from from time immemorial, memoriam or whatever you whatever the saying is. They we democracies, republic, we have been under attack since the inception of this country. It's always the power of concentrated money, just like FDR said. Concentrated money is just as dangerous as the uh, power of concentrated mob. Yes, F. Susan Sarandon. Did she fuck us, though? Was it Susan Sarandon that fucked us? I mean, I understand. That's why people are pissed off at Bernie. They think, like, he fucked us over, and if he had just got out of the way earlier, and it wouldn't uh, and allowed Hillary to ascend then uh, it wouldn't have been all this, um, I guess, bad feeling or whatever. But I don't know. I don't know. I think that Hillary had a lot of baggage anyway. So, And it's not her fault. She was in the public eye. They, there was a 30 years, year-long cottage industry against her, a right-wing cottage industry where they these are people that believed she was the devil she is the devil still she's she's one of their whipping posts they that they they would more more apt to believe that she's running a pedophile ring out of a pizzeria than she could be uh that that she's a patriot so i i think that hillary and i mean i guess all of us too had more faith in the American people. And maybe, in a way, she also, um, I don't know, didn't, I guess she believed that people wouldn't be so so misled, couldn't allow themselves to be so misled. But she had a hand in that, too. That's the other thing. The Who is talking about the re-regulation of the media? But Bernie and Elizabeth Warren. They, they're recognizing the problems, and that's a great thing. And if we don't take this opportunity to to roll back all of the fascist policies that's put us here, then we're not gonna it's not gonna happen. Look at look at what the Republican Party is doing. They obviously that we're watching how republics fail. Exactly. It's the same thing. We talk about the end of the Roman em- Empire, right? Uh, what happened at the end of, I mean, the Roman Republic. So it, a, it was a little different, but almost the same in, a, in ways that, because, okay, so there were, so Augustus, who was Octavian, he didn't, he wasn't, a, he wasn't Augustus yet, and Mark Antony, 
formed a uh, like coalition or whatever to take over to to entrench power, right? But they had something called prescription lists where the different politicians who they accused of treason, they would put them on this prescription list and they were murdered by the, the it was the duty of every Roman citizen to kill these people, but they were these were the those in opposition to the to the their authority right and to the authority of the um of these i'm trying to remember i think it was there was a name for it anyway so but in in another way it's almost similar to the way that the republicans are the republicans in power now that they they're so afraid of trump tweeting at them it's almost like he's if he if anybody who goes against him gets on the proscription list and then Trump attacks them and they're unable to maintain their power. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's a metaphorical death in a sense. So the, the politicians that were left in the Roman Senate were those who were sycophants to the uh, Augustus and, uh, and Mark Antony. And then eventually Mark Antony that when you know he went to Egypt, fell in love with Cleopatra. There was a war, another civil war that Augustus won, and that was the end of the Roman Republic. And by the time he died, because Augustus died in his seventies, there was no one left. Most people did ne- never; they had no they had no actual memory of the Republic. So it was just natural that. He left his power to uh, a successor, and eventually that became a uh, an intergenerational successor, right? So you started leaving power to your. They, they would adopt people at the time. So there were and but there were and, and you know a, a capable person they would say, uh, but then eventually it became uh, father to son, right? So that's not out of the realm of possibility here. I can see that happening. Why wouldn't it happen? It's happened in Turkey. It happened in China. How do they have a president for life? That's actually happening here. But they're still they're calling him president, right? So he's not a president. It's like they call Putin president. My God, I need a, I need a new mic. That's why I ask you to please become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. I don't know why I'm talking like that, but sometimes you just got to put on a southern accent when you're asking for patrons. What else did I want to talk about? I'm looking at the time. I'm trying to get some chats. Looking at the chats. I hope everybody is... I don't know. What what do you guys think? I don't know. Let's see. I see Fuck Susan Sarandon. I see... What else? Pete Buttigieg was being annoying. Thank you, Stephanie. Yes, he was annoying. Where's the kitty? I don't know. There he is. Francis. Hey. Come here. Come here. Come here, buddy. Let me see. Uh, let me see. There we go. Ta-da! Look at him. You good boy. We're going to take off his 
little cone later and we'll see how he does. Right, honey? He's a good boy. All right, get out of my face. You're bothering me. <laughs> no, it can't be a three-hour tower bus. Anyway, so those who listen on the podcast, please forgive the giant walls of, of, of dead air that are coming at you here and there. Let's see. Um, let me see. The other thing, all right. So we know what, I, how I, where my, where I stand on that. I'm not sure. Oh, here's the other thing I wanted to talk. Where the hell is it? Bl Mike Bloomberg keeps talking to allies about running for president as Joe Biden struggles against Elizabeth Warren. Like f you. Mike Bloomberg. This is what I'm talking about. This is why we need a 90% top marginal tax rate. This is why. These effing billionaires. What is so effing fabulous about being a billionaire? You're the, this is you're the uh, end all and be all of human evolution or something? Because you came up with some way to separate people from their money? Does it make you smart? doesn't always necessarily make you... There are different kinds of smart. You could be a, a very good writer. You could be an amazing academic. You know things. You, uh, you could be a, a skilled doctor or, with their, uh, or a teacher. Or what is the end-all and be-all of being a goddamn billionaire and have these people tell us what we can and cannot have in our society that we fight and die for they don't fight and die for us they're not job creators they came up with something oh he came up with a tv network good for you who know i don't know the whole story of 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 uh, bloomberg okay i don't know how he got his money many people are handed wealth in this country and it, and so they make they come up with an idea that's wonderful good for you but there are other people who have value like fdr understood he had his brain trust it wasn't just filled with rich people it had academics it had philosophers it had people who know what the hell they were doing economists i don't think it was a billionaire in a bunch or even that that that's that time's version of billionaires and in fact fdr's entire inherited wealth was $25 million. When he was rich. He was the American aristocracy. So you're telling me that you, you, you can't have a decent life with maybe half a million? Half a billion? For God's sakes. So Mike Bloomberg has indicated to associates in re recent weeks that Joe Biden's recent struggles are making him rethink his decision to stay out of the 2020 Democratic primary. F you. Bloomberg, if Bloomberg is in if Biden is out, says one source. Biden has not indicated any desire to, to drop out anytime soon. Bloomberg could be in for a showdown with Elizabeth Warren, whether he runs or not, as he has been one of her biggest critics. Mike, Mike Bloomberg might end up running for president. Let me see. This is from CNBC, from Brian Schwartz. 
Let's see. Bloomberg has sig- signaled he's still looking at running for president, but people close to him say that the only way he could even go down that path is if Joe Biden's fortune suffers so much that he drops out before or during the early stages of the, of the primary. Bloomberg could either enter the race as one of the rare moderates with enough name recognition and campaign funding to make a run like F you. This is what I'm talking about. Public financing of campaigns is another thing we need and there are only a few candidates and you know who they are talking about getting money out of politics period end of sentence end of story enough is enough this is why we have this corruption in this in america because we can't have this is why we can't have nice things because we have legal bribes built into the system how much is enough for these fascists i always say how much do they want they want it all make no mistake and if it comes close if we come close to having a candidate who recognizes the fundamental rot in the system then this Billionaire bastard's going to jump in to do us a favor and stop it? How dare you? Imagine your small, petty life. That's what you want to do with it? You want to spend your limited lifespan making sure America remains the least upwardly mobile the, with, the, with the widest income gap of all OECD nations? That's what, that's what you want to do. Make sure you better be careful. We, we might have universal health care. Bloomberg has, oh yeah, I said this already. I think it's something he's, he wants. He has not been shy about that. One of Bloomberg's allies familiar with the talks told CNBC, nothing can happen unless Biden drops out. Because there you go. That's all you need to know. Like FDR said, judge me by my enemies. And we should also judge people by their friends. If so that's what Bloomberg is saying is that he has absolutely no problem with the fact that one third of the American people can't retire. That's that's their lot in life. Too bad. That's why they want to eliminate the wall of separation between church and state, of course, because they need you in your churches praying for redemption and and your life, your mansion in heaven where you can live on the same block as as Bloomberg, because you'll have a mansion too. (sighs) He's like everything, everyone else. They can't get it out of their system, said a banking executive who has known Bloomberg for decades. Bloomberg is in if Biden is out, said another New York billionaire. F you, all of you. This is the recipe for revolution, frankly. But they... They know that they have this country so divided that we will never rebel at this point. Because what we really need is a general strike. We need to shut it down. But we won't do it because we're too busy fighting those a few rungs lower on the ladder. They're throwing red meat to the racist-ass base. They know that this country is too racist to get together and do anything about the fact that they are oppressed. That this country, we need to really understand history and reality. 
that what uh, of what's going on that middle classes did a middle class didn't just raise up from nowhere because billionaires felt like trickling it on us it was the result of government policy it's deliberate it was a deliberate construction of a government that was building an economy from the ground up that wanted to protect the working class and understood, like Justice Louis Brandeis said, you can have democracy or you can have concentrated wealth, but you can't have both. So now we have this concentrated wealth plutocrat, this advocate of oligarchy, assuring his fellow banksters and billionaires and plutocrats that, you know what, if... Joe Biden falters, then I'm I'm in because we can't have these plebs getting too uppity, thinking that they deserve a decent middle class life as their birthright, that they deserve a living wage or a seat at the table. Can't let that happen because that's the paradigm shift shift we need in this country, and that's Elizabeth Warren at least and Bernie Sanders understand that. And that's what they're talking about. They're fighting for us, for we the people. And it doesn't mean that billionaires, they, they, that people can't be rich. But what do we value in this country? We value, do we value democracy? Do we value the sacrifice of all of those who died for this country? For, for, the, for the grand experiment? For Christ's sakes. And I, I mean, really, uh, Joe Biden, he's, he doesn't even recognize the problem. So that's why, at, see, that's why he's vulnerable to Trump, too, because at least as much as Trump is full of it and a fraud and a con man, but he speaks the language of someone who feels the pain of those left behind. He, he, it's, a, it's a ruse. It's like a, a, it's like a snake oil salesman talks about how that, you know, he's got the, the cure that's going to fix that, that, you know, your broken back. It'll fix everything. That's what he's got. He's got the, he's got the cure. He recognizes. He feels your pain. That's Trump. We know that he's a liar, but that won't matter when it comes down to it. Joe Biden doesn't even recognize that there's a problem. The only thing he said was that how uh, he assured his rich donors that nothing's going to change. And if you think that nothing's going to change in, in a country that is teetering on the edge of oligarchy, of entrenched intergenerational aristocracy, then you're the problem. So there's other things, a few more things. I see it's, there's no real time limit. Maybe one day, you know what would be fun or something to do a, do a marathon Terror Buster one day. Well, I'll have to do that. Just do like an eight hour or something. Maybe one day we'll do a special. I'll line up a bunch of guests. Oh, actually, speaking of guests, November 2nd, we're going to have Rhonda Handsome. 
So that'll be nice. Rhonda Handsome and Poppy Champlin are going to be on at the same time. Or hopefully, she, uh, Rhonda said if, if she has a schedule change, she'll let me know. But otherwise, we will get her on November 2nd. And if this falls through for whatever reason, we'll get her again. I thought you would like that. We'll have a real Tara Buster. It'll be like a filibuster Tara Buster. All right, so I don't know what else you... The other th speaking of the Roman Empire, here's, did you see this today? That Trump said that America... Well, the Italian prime minister was... It was unfortunately for him, had to meet with Twitler. And, of course, there's always a disastrous press conference. And also, Twitler went nuts on Nancy Pelosi today, too. Because, obviously, he's... He knows his it's coming it's coming to an end. He knows that he's not fit to lit, lick Nancy Pelosi's crack. I don't know. I was gonna say something. I don't know. Lick something. He's not fit to kiss her her ring. But he went off on her. But anyway, but also he embarrassed us many ways today. One of the ways was that he he said that. America and ancient uh, has has a has a long relationship with Italy going back to ancient Rome. Here we go. The United States and Italy are bound together by a shared cultural and political heritage dating back thousands of years to ancient Rome. Over the centuries, the Italian people have blessed our civilization with magnificent works of art, science, Philosophy, architecture, and music. On Monday, we pay tribute to the Italian explorer who led a voyage of discovery to the New World, a gentleman known as Christopher Columbus. And to me, it will always be called Columbus Day. Because you're an old white Some people cracker. don't like that. I do. I do. Don't you hate him? My God. Don't do not. I mean, don't you hate his guts? I, I should be a better person. Some people don't like that. I do. Yeah, of course you would like that because Columbus was a raper. And a he wasn't an explorer. He was a bungling fool who landed somewhere He and found that uh, he didn't find gold. But as he wrote back to Ferdinand and Isabella that he found something far more valuable. Slaves. The filthy bastards. Some people don't like that. I do. Don't you hate when he goes, I do. When he makes that asshole mouth of his. But anyway, the other, he, he's, he's a, he's a moron reading this statement. I guess somebody said when uh, this afternoon I saw on Twitter that ancient Rome was trending. And I thought, oh, what? I thought for a second I got excited. Did they find a new discovery? Something interesting, some archaeological dig in Pompeii found a new artifact that is uh, we can learn some more about our 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 human history. And uh, no, of course, it was Twitler Ugh. Uh, saying that the United States shares a cultural history going back to ancient Rome. Now, somebody was like, well, maybe he meant I, I guess he meant the democracy republic i don't know but the fact is our 
our democracy, it, I mean, we're not a pure democracy, but it's traced back to Greece. And I don't know. He just sounds like an idiot reading a book report. He has no idea cultural history. The only thing he knows is Columbus. Of course he does. He knows that there's controversy. He knows that the that many normal human beings in this country they are recognizing the genocide against the indigenous people and don't want the uh, Columbus Day. They want uh, to Columbus to uh, take responsibility. They want an actual history of this country. So I mean, these Republicans—they're such infants. The other thing I noticed—I wonder if I—I gra- I don't think I grabbed this. It's I. Where was it? Wait, wait, wait. Maybe I did. Only had a few. Yeah. Here's uh. He says there's many things. I can't really go into all of them because I I I need to go to bed soon. But the he. First of all, he here's another thing. I'll just play it. I'm bumping. The border. We only had 28 soldiers, not 50. We thought it was 50. Uh, somebody reported 50. It was actually down to 28. They were removed a while ago. Uh, all American soldiers are away from the site. Uh, Syria and Turkey may fight. Syria is friendly with the Kurds. Uh, the Kurds are uh, very well protected. Uh, plus, they know how to fight. And by the way, they're no angels, but uh, they were with us. They are no angels. Uh, uh, but fuck uh, they- you. Yeah, right? Uh, sometimes that's all you can say. They're no angels. So it's okay that there's a genocide going on. They're no angels. So the, the, our allies who have lost over 10,000 fighters against ISIS, fighting the battle for, against these terrorists so that they don't come and f- battle us here. Uh, that's the excuse, right? The, 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 the allies on the front lines of this war against terror, the endless war against terror, are no angels. So we're not supposed to give a shit uh, that w- uh, what he did, that he disgraced our name, that he has embarrassed us, that he cut and run. I thought these colors don't run. I thought they, oh, uh, that's all I hear from these Republicans. These colors don't run. Unless Trump has a tacky hotel deal that he needs to secure in Turkey. You know, like he said, Istanbul. I have a little conflict conflict of interest because I have uh, two major towers in Istanbul. Disgusting freak. And then he, he literally says that the U.S. and Italy share a heritage dating back thousands of years to ancient Rome and uh, goes on about Columbus, the rapist. And then the White House, this is the other thing, the, the White House Twitter account tweeted it out as if it was not an embarrassment. They tweeted that the quote saying that the United States and Italy are bound together by a shared cultural and political heritage dating back thousands of years to ancient Rome. The, what are you talking about? A, a shared cultural and political heritage dating back thousands of years? Does he understand that this country is uh, 200 and something years old? 
And then he goes on about Columbus. Embarrassing. As if, because he, he, he goes on about how the, the, the great artistic accomplishments of the Italians, but, and also mentions Christopher Columbus. He, of course, he won't go on about the artistic accomplishments because he doesn't know any and he doesn't care. Cultural? Artistic? That's for gays. That's F. That's, that's gay. That's sissy. That's a sissy. I want to talk about Columbus, so a raper. Somebody who uh, triggers the libs because we normal people want the uh, accountability. We recognize. We want to have a functioning democracy. We want a functioning, diverse society that values everyone and because we're capable of functioning in democracy we don't want we uh, everybody to be you know we want to recognize our racist ass history so we can overcome it and we can come together and have a functioning democracy so we will actually t- talk about the true history of the people we pretend you know that we value like columbus when i was a kid I uh, obviously had no idea. We we learned about Columbus and and uh, we celebrated Columbus Day, of course, with a day off. All I knew about Colum- oh, C- Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492. He discovered America, right? That's all we knew. We didn't know about the true history of Columbus, who landed in Hispaniola. Now I think it's the Dominican Republic. And let me see, here's a, and basically committed a genocide against the indigenous people. So here's some of Columbus's atrocities, slavery and gold. Columbus had two goals in the Caribbean, to find gold and slaves. Columbus returned home to Spain and came back to the Caribbean with 17 ships and 1,200 men. His men traveled from island to island, taking Indians as captives. In 1495, in a large slave raid, Columbus and his men rounded up 1,500 Arawak men, women, and children and put them in pens. They selected what they considered to be the best natives and loaded them onto ships back to Spain. 200 died en route. After the survivors were sold as slaves in Spain, Columbus later wrote, Let us... In the name of the Holy Trinity, go on sending all the slaves that can be sold. Disgusting. So, of course, Twitler's like, some people don't like to talk about Columbus Day. I do. I do. With that asshole mouth of his. Because he's a white old cracker. That needs to go the way of the white old crackers. He needs to go the way of Columbus. Because mark my words, maybe not in our lifetime, but maybe it will surprise me. We will have Indigenous People Day in, uh, across the land in this country. Just like we have Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Remember the controversy? When I was a child, that, that, that I remember the controversy. I was, very, I was little. But I do remember when they passed Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And I remember, I'm trying to remember when it exactly was. I was little, but um, John McCain. Remember that great John McCain? S- didn't vote for it. Uh, 
who else? The I think they still celebrate in in um, Arizona. They still celebrate Confederate Day or something like that, or they some other asshole. What do, what do they celebrate? It's not. They celebrate like um, what's his name? Not General Lee. Some other really, uh, you know, some idiot from the Confederacy. They in, instead of MLK Day. Let me see. Instead of MLK. Celebrate. This is why I need a producer. This is why I ask you to please become a patron. Arizona House okays requiring labels. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, this is not I just... This article has nothing to do with what we're talking about. The headline is, Arizona House okays requiring labels that almond milk is fake or alternative milk. I mean, this is what we're talking... That's why you can't have Republicans in positions of authority. Because they're incapable of governing like adults. So, but anyway, the great statesman John McCain, who is everybody's best friend now, even though he voted for the Iraq War and everything else, that uh, Twitler's tax scam. Remember that? Was I little? When was this? When was MLK Day first? I remember. Oh. It was first observed in 1986. I was not little at the time. Maybe I was a little out of it because I was drunk or something. But yeah, they what do they celebrate in there? Ah, anyway, I'll find out later. You guys need to become my producers. Do you hear Tara Junior Junior? You hear him? Listen to them purring. <laughs> anyway, yes, ISIS. <laughs> Trump was just voted ISIS employee of the month. Yeah, he is. He's he's the founder of ISIS. Remember how uh, Barack Obama was the founder of ISIS? Supposedly, Trump is the biggest disgrace, disgusting. Oh, and here's another thing. Speaking of disgusting. We'll get back to Columbus in a second. Here's another thing that he said today that it makes me want to puke. So we're sending more troops to Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is a very good ally from the standpoint that we get along with them very well, a very important player in the Middle East. The relationship's been very good. And they buy hundreds of billions of dollars worth of merchandise from us, not only military equipment. In military equipment, about $110 billion. It's millions of jobs. Now, with that being said, Bullshit. we are sending Bullshit. troops and other things to the Middle East to help Saudi Arabia. But are you ready? Saudi Arabia, at my request, has agreed to pay us for everything we're doing. That's a oh, first. wonderful. So now we're for hire. 
Now the American military is a mercenary force to be hired out by the, the anti-democratic foreign dictators. Disgusting, filthy disgrace. And Republicans... They are all on board with it. And I saw today on, I was watching MSNBC earlier, and there was some Republican on there. What's, what was his name? Who, who the hell remember? He was, he's a Republican that, so he was on with Katie Turr today. And he was, he's in the National Guard, apparently. He was talking about his, the, how upset he is about, Twitler abandoning, cutting and running, and abandoning the Kurds, and what a disgrace he is. But then he said, I'm trying to remember the guy's name, I'm sorry, I can't remember, but then he said that he, he's been a Republican since he's six years old. And he goes, I know that's very unusual to, be a, to know that you're a Republican when you're six, but I was attracted to Republican ideology when I was six years old, and I, I knew I was a Republican when you're six. And I just thought, of course, you're, it, it makes sense, though, because in order to be a Republican, you have to be an emotionally stunted infant. So you voted for an emotionally stunted infant to, to become the, your, your leader, so, of course, an emotionally stunted infant would be uh, attracted to Republican ideology since he's six years old. You never evolved out of it. Because if you were a, not an emotionally stunted infant, if you grew up and understood, you know, you're not six years old anymore, you, under, you learned about the world, you would not be a Republican. It takes an emotionally stunted infant to look at an emotionally stunted infant and say, that's the man for me. That's the guy that I want to represent me, to lead me. Of course. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, who, here he is, Adam Kinzinger. I represent Illinois 16th District. Adam Kinzinger. I can't say that word. So... You know, um, it takes a level of maturity, as, as I always say. It's the truth, though. You have to have a, a minimum level of maturity to be able to function in a free democratic society because you have to be able to be like, I'm, the world isn't, uh, doesn't revolve around me. Infants, that's one of the things when, as we develop as humans we realize we're not the center of the universe. That's one of the stages of, of growth. And I don't remember all the stages because uh, I remember learning about this in school, how babies think they're the center of the universe and then eventually there, there comes a development point where you realize you're not the center of the universe and blah, blah, blah. But Republicans never got to that point. They are still living in the an emotional cripples as emotional cripples as you can tell because it's all about them everything they're selfish as we were saying earlier government is just right the size of government is only big enough in the ways it serves them alone and then they're fa they're fearful they're scared 
of other people, people who aren't just like them. They have to pine. They, they, they pine for the authoritarian daddy to save them from the scary, complex world of others who don't know their place or trying to take their private health insurance away. You know, that's the Republican emotional cripple that they're inflicting on everyone. That's why you don't give them leadership. You know what I mean? You don't have... It's okay to have them, right? You have to have them. You, we're constantly fighting against the uh, against morons, right? In, in everything we do, in life. Fighting against the ignorant. The, but you, you do your best to educate. You do your best to keep evolving despite them. But... So you ha- you deal with them. You know what I mean? Like Amy Klobuchar, for instance. She needs, and she's a coward, right? Instead of, or whatever. Maybe she's a sycophant. I'm not sure. Whatever she is. She wants, she likes her cushy job. Instead of bringing, uh, educating people, bringing people into the uh, the understanding that we're in this together, she, she whines and pines for corporate uh, oligarchy you know what I mean but it's the same thing with Republicans you don't give them power you you don't um, you know I mean you know what I'm trying to say it's we have to deal with them we all, they will always be there people who are fearful people who are selfish those who you know think I got mine sucks to be you hypocrites who talk about how, um, you know, they love America, but can't stand just about everybody in it because they're so afraid. You know what I mean? They're just incapable of truly functioning and truly loving the country. They can only pretend to love it because in order to really love this country, that is a nation of immigrants that is a nation of 320 million diverse people that is founded on an idea of e pluribus unum, of out of many one. You have to have a level of maturity and understanding that, you know, that we're in this together, that you leave no one behind. But in order to have that, you know, you got to be, you got to be, uh, uh, you, you can't be an emotional cripple. Like, the, it's a party of emotional cripples. Republicans, how do you look at a con man and say, that's the guy for me? Look, how do you look at somebody who is so unfit for the job that he's doing and say, hey, give this guy the nuclear codes? Anyway, um, all right. I'm looking at the time. I will probably be signing off in a minute. Let's uh, wrap up the show. Let's just say, uh, give a little recap. F. Amy Klobuchar. F. Pete Buttigieg. Screw Joe Biden. Um, F. Trump. Get out and vote. For real change we can believe in. Otherwise, this thing is done. This grand experiment is over. The experiment failed. So this is our opportunity, too. So let's look at it like that, I guess, in a way to uh, 
be more optimistic. <laughs> Look, I'm t I'm telling you to be optimistic. I'm not being. I'm not telling you to. I'm just, I'm laughing because I'm not very optimistic. I just ne I have never been optimistic. I've never been that half is uh, half is glass is half full type of person. I've always been very. I guess it's because I don't know. I had a messed up childhood. We could talk about that another day. I mean, I love my parents and all, but they weren't the greatest parents at all. I'm surprised I'm as normal as I am in a way. That I'm I'm okay half the time. You know what I mean? That I'm a almost capable. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I'm not in a relationship, but that's I often think that that is a result of my effed up childhood because I have a lot of fear I, and I recognize that but it's almost it's like a button that is installed and I'm I work on it but I try to overcome it by you know whatever but in other ways I'm very uh I'm functional you know you know I'm happy you know, I'm not on top of the world looking down on creation, obviously, but I'm not, uh, I, I do struggle at times with depression. Uh, that has been my, <clears throat> one of the, my challenges in this life, but I'm, I, uh, I'm not, uh, I don't suffer from it. Let's put it that way anymore. That I feel very fortunate for that, which took a long time. One day at a time. Let's put it that way. And why am I getting so sherry all of a sudden? Why not? This is what what are we here for? Why are we listening to Terror Buster? Because we're all human beings. That's why I hate Republicans too, frankly. Because they're so anti-human and anti-humane. Even all of their whole... And we, and we spoke about this before. Their whole liberal tears bullshit makes me sick. They, because they're denying the very foundation of what it means to be a human being. Liberal tears. That's what you, that's your motivating factor. You want to get tears out of somebody. You want to upset someone. That's why you're an emotional cripple who is incapable of functioning in a free democratic society. The entire Republican landscape that's that's them in a nutshell. It's not and it's not strong to be a a bully, someone who mocks people. Oh, you liberal tears when people cried when Hillary Clinton lost. They all laughed. What is so funny? People were crying because they were afraid. I remember that night. There was fear of losing health care, of losing their family, of uh, the hate that was being stirred up against minority groups, the fear of being in a persecu persecuted minority. That fear, the fear of, I was afraid for, for, for uh, healthcare, for animals. What, what kind of abuse animals will have to endure now under Republican oppression? And that's what they do. So... The, everybody suffers. The environment. That's why people were crying. But we're not crying because it's not about win or lose. 
we oh we lost the, it's like a football game we lost this football game no douchebags you lost too that's the other thing that's what's so irritating about them they they're too stupid to understand they lost too but they're so selfish when it comes knocking on their door like these stupid farmers who are like oh gee now oh it's okay socialism's okay now that I'm getting a handout to keep my family farm afloat. I thought Trump was for me, but I, I now I see the light. Now I see that he's not he's not good. It wasn't when he came down the escalator and and bashed mes- Mexicans or Muslims or he was going after Obamacare so much, where whittling away and cheering in the in the rose garden. When they stripped health care from millions of people, right? What kind of sick, sick political party throws a party when they remove health care from millions of people? Filthy, filthy, sick bastards. Sick-ass, emotionally stunted infants. Who, you don't give infants licenses to drive a car. You don't give, you don't make infants uh, the head of the household for a reason. Because they're incapable of it. And just like that, you don't make Republicans, uh, uh, you you don't make them your representatives. Because look what they do. They stroke the swords of dictators. They allow filthy spies all over the place. They, they run around the globe self-dealing. These are 70-year-old people who the best they can do is fly around the globe wearing the American flag lapel pin on their chest, cutting deals for themselves. Underhanded grifters. That's what they're doing. They don't care. While they're sending our soldiers to die for a brutal dictator who who dismembered a, um, a, a journalist. Murdered and dismembered... Well, I mean, he dismembered... A, a, a Lord, a American resident and a journalist into an embassy and dismembered him alive, brutally. And there, right now, there are women in, in Saudi prisons who committed the, the offense of driving... And they have, they're, they're, they're executed. They actually, I just saw some video, actually, of, uh, in Saudi Arabia of them executing a woman on the street, beheading her. I wonder what she did. She probably d- d- showed her, f- her ankle or something. It's, it's, and this asshole is sending troops to die for, and fight, or hopefully not die, for a Saudi dictator while he's allowing our allies to be murdered. Unbelievable. But there you go. That's your Republican. That's Republicans for you. All of them. All right. I'm looking at the time. And Tara Jr. is being frisky and naughty. Not, I mean, not in a weird way, but he's, you know what I mean. I love my cats, but not that much. You know what I'm saying? Relax, people. That's crazy. (laughs) Right? That's what they said with gay marriage. It's a slippery slope. First it was 
it was gays, then it's going to be animals, right? No, I'm only kidding. I love animals, but I just, I love to care for, I would love, if I had a million dollars, that's what I would do. I would, I would probably do the show still, but open some kind of animal rescue or something like that. And, but it is heartbreaking too, I have to tell you, working in with animals and helping them. Because there's a colony of cats. I told you about them. I help with them that live outside. They're feral cats. But it's heartbreaking to me because I want to see all of them have homes. All animals have homes. But there's good people, though, too. That's the other thing. This is the other thing I have to remember. That there's... the Where these cats live, they live in the cemetery. You know, there's a few feral colonies around you know i shouldn't even say that people say don't say that because you know why because some some asshole might be listening and be like oh i can dump my cat now no you can't douchebag whoever you are that you're going to dump a cat or an animal or a dog some they actually had a couple of dogs in the cemetery this is what the guys were telling me like so one day there were some dogs in the cemetery i think i was telling you about it too you guys but the workers were saying and one day all of a sudden there were two dogs sitting there like, oh, gee, now what? What are we doing here? It's horrible. How do you open your door and let dogs out? <laughs> Am I a crazy cat lady? Maybe. No, because the I only have two at a time. You know, you limit it. Limit it. But I am a crazy, crazy about animals lady. But anyway, but whatever. What am I going to say? It is heartbreaking. But the other thing is that there are decent people because even the people that work in the cemetery and they are, they, they care for the animals. So uh, you see that, you see that compassion. So as much as I get very despondent about the filthy Republicans, and there are some Republicans, honestly, that I think I was telling you too, because there was one of the one of the people that work for the Mayor's Alliance, the Animal uh, Feral Cat Initiative or whatever, was saying that there's one of the women, who I haven't met, but she is, she does a lot of work with animals, but she's a trump like, off the chart. And she can't understand. I mean, that's not, there are not as many here in New York and in the animal community or whatever. So, whatever. I don't know. Maybe she's atoning for her sins. But anyway, that's what I have to think, that there is, we are, as humans, right, we're also capable of that compassion. I think about the compassion I see for people who care about these animals. And that's in the human heart, because we, we do care. We see the suffering of, of, of creatures that are less fortunate, and we want to do something. That's in our hearts, and that's what, that is what makes us great. That's, that's what makes America great, when, that compassion. To extend that compassion to everyone is the point, I believe, of life. So, in the meantime, oh boy, oh boy, we have a lot of work to do. All right, so this is a little extra, longer Tara Buster, but I see the time, and I'm probably going to have to go to bed right now. I'm tired. I'm tired, and uh, all I can say, guys, is thank you 
for hanging out and supporting the show, supporting RDT Daily, sharing the show with your friends, buying our merch, uh, becoming a patron is that's vital. And I really appreciate it. I hope to do more once we get at least, I mean, 50 at least, maybe 100, I'm thinking. We'll have a show. We'll have some patron-only shows, maybe. I don't know. I got to think of something. You guys can always reach out and chat with me and send me a message or whatever. If you have any ideas, what you would like, we'll, we'll take it from there. Um, other than that, let me just say that I will see you guys on Saturday, probably, and hopefully I'll have a good report from the Bernie rally with AOC here in Long Island City. And as I always say, we stick together, we win, and we will win. We will. I know that in my heart because we are on the right side of history and the right side of humanity. And there's nothing that Republicans can all they can do, really, is evolve and join us. So I will see you guys on Saturday. My name is Tara Devlin. Have a great night and a great rest of the week. Try not to go crazy. I'll do the same. Love you.